0: friends this is the how to be unpopular podcast this is todd i'm gonna try to record a solo podcast um my daughter is asleep upstairs so this might get cut short or i may have to do it in two parts but i've been wanting to do a solo podcast for a while and this seemed like a decent opportunity to do so um I listened to Kevin Dowling's uh, solo podcast that he did. I think it was the first episode of The Dirty Show. And I found it really inspiring to listen to his story about how he got into skating. And uh, then I heard Joey's podcast about him telling his story about getting into skating. And pretty much I could listen to anybody's story about getting into skating. And it's always really interesting. So I thought I would share my story about how I got into skating. Um, So it was about 1994. I'm not very good with dates, Um, but it was, yeah, 94, 95. Um, I had been friends with Joey for a while. Uh, since uh, moving to Kamloops and I was also friends with Colin who uh, Joey and Colin Got into skating and, and they were they would they would go rollerblading and I would tag along on my bike and I would uh, Bike around with them while they did their rollerblading thing and for me, it was just kind of a um, I just wanted to go hang out and hang out with uh my friends Joey and Colin but uh I started to see how much fun they were having on their skates and and I was like, "Man, I got to get a pair of skates." I had never skated before. I never played hockey. I actually, no, that's a lie actually. I had ice skated a little bit. Um there was a an ice rink up in the mountains that was free to use it was really cool it was called Gertzen's, uh rink this guy Gertsen who built a lot of the homes up in Dufferin up in that uh, residential area he managed he built and managed this uh, ice rink up in the middle of the mountain it was so cool but I can't remember where I got the ice skates but I got a pair of ice skates and I would go up there and bring a hockey stick and a puck and just uh, shoot a puck against against the boards and skate around. I guess that would be my very first skating experience, um, which I really enjoyed. Actually that's funny, that's something I don't think about a lot, but I really enjoyed. I didn't ever go with anyone else, I would just go by myself and uh, skate around and shoot the puck against the boards. Um, Like Joey, I was very into playing by myself. I was always really into uh, doing things by myself. Like I would go outside with a baseball and a glove and just like throw the ball straight up into the air and catch it and like do that for hours and hours. And I loved doing that. I remember going out with, we had these like plastic paddles. I'm getting so off track here, but whatever, this is relevant. I would, I would go outside with these plastic uh, paddles and these huge oversized badminton birdies and like invent this game that I used to play by myself where I would like hit the birdie onto to the top of the roof, like from a, from a far distance. I would just crank it and it would go up on the top of the roof and it would like roll down and I would sprint and try to catch it before it hit the ground. And I would do that for, like, hours and hours. Like, the neighbors must have thought I was really crazy. But I was really into playing by myself, which is interesting. But, okay, so I would go biking with Joey and Colin, and they were on their skates, and I really wanted to get a pair of skates. And, and one day I just asked my mom if she would buy me a pair of skates, and she did. She took me to Play it Again Sports, uh, where Chad Watson worked. He was, like, the first rollerblader in Kamloops. And he pretty much brought skating into the city. And through Played It Again Sports, they, they sold skates. I went in, and I got a pair of Chris Edwards tarmacs uh, with the bridge grind plate. Um and I was pretty excited, and I started skating actually to back up i before I went and got the skates, I tried a pair of Joey's skates out, and uh, had a lot of fun skating around and I remember the f- one of the first times that we skated we were doing grinds on like a little hockey net uh, that we had tipped over, uh, and we were skating like the bottom of it it was like maybe a five inch high little rail, and I remember bailing really bad and Somehow falling, and the whole hockey net like squished my thumb, and I got a really bad blood blister on my thumb. But I had a lot of fun, and from then on, I really wanted to get skates. So I went in, played against sports, got these skates, and started skating with Joey and Colin. And uh, we would skate at Taco Time, like all the time, which was this, uh, this new parking lot, like down by our houses. And just, like, f- f- right away, we were, like, my experience of skating was we were just doing grinds, like, right away. There was no real, like, wreck period. We, I was basically learning how to skate and learning how to grind all at the same time. Doing, like, really shitty little front sides on the, on the curbs and learning how to do sole grinds and macchios and really basic grinds. And filming, we would film, like, right away, right when I started skating. Joey would always have his camera, and we were always filming. And that's interesting because even before I started skating with Joey, uh, we would film little videos and stuff up at his house. We would uh, film, like, silly little skits and, like, Monty Python-inspired little uh, short Films, it'd be funny to see some of those. But uh, I always really enjoyed that. And then to combine a a sport like skating with filmmaking, it was super, super fun and addicting. And instantly, like, I was really into it. And uh, at that time, I was still playing baseball pretty seriously uh, for like, uh, the all-star, Camloops all-star baseball team. And, uh, it was pretty time-consuming doing a lot of practice and traveling to games on the weekends and tournaments and stuff. And I was always, like, really good at baseball. Um, and I really enjoyed baseball. Uh, but it was around the time when I discovered rollerblading. I started to love rollerblading more than baseball and going to baseball practice stopped being fun and just started to be uh time away from rollerblading, and it became it became really annoying that i had to go to baseball practice instead of going skating with my friends and i can remember that feeling of like my friends calling me up on the phone like hey todd you want to go skating and it was so painful to be like, no, I can't. I have to go to baseball practice. That that was like the most dreadful feeling. And my performance on the baseball field started to suffer. And I wanted to quit baseball. And I told my parents that I wanted to quit. And I just wanted to skate. And they... I think they thought that it was a phase that I was going through and that they really didn't want me to give up on this baseball thing. And they pretty much forced me to play baseball for another year after I expressed to them that I didn't want to play anymore. And for that year, I really sucked at baseball because I just wasn't into it. I just wanted to go skate. And uh, so... My performance suffered and and eventually, I guess, after enough complaining, like my parents let me quit baseball, and I can still remember the day when I had my last like game that I went to and played. Uh, I still remember that day i I, I remember my last at bat ever, as a as a baseball player. And I struck out. Um, and I remember, like, uh, my mom was sitting in the stands, and, and she was sitting with, like, some other moms. And I remember one of the moms was, like, w- was saying, like, it's your last at bat, Todd. Let's do it. Do it for your mom or something <laughs> stupid like that. And so I was, like, trying to... To get a hit or something on my last try, but no, I struck out. Which, of course, I struck out, because I was just like, fuck yeah, I don't have to play baseball anymore. I'm going to go blade. My heart wasn't in it, and there was no way I was going to get a hit. I just I struck out, and then... I was stoked, because I didn't have to play baseball anymore, and I could just dedicate more time to this weird thing I had fallen in love with, which was role-blading. And... So I kept skating, and uh, I kept skating until you know until until today, but um, I'll jump to my to my early twenties. Um, I had gone through the experience of doing a lot of competing and I qualified for the Canadian Nationals, and I think I got thirty sixth place at the Canadian Nationals when I was like 18. Um, And I was pretty into competing, I guess, for a little while there was the Canadian Aggressive Tour and uh, I was really into it in my late teens. And then in my 20s, like after graduation, I started to, like I still liked skating, but there was this feeling that I had that this was something that I was supposed to give up and it was this childish activity. And I, at that time I was really into working and uh, like my mindset back then, it was like, I felt like I had to make money and, you know, I don't know, become a man and like not skate. I was still skating, but I was torn on the inside. Like I was, uh, when I I would almost I would feel stupid for going skating, or I would feel like it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing, and I felt em- almost embarrassed that I was still doing it. Um, but you know, at the same time, I really did enjoy it. So my early twenties were a pretty, uh, I guess, hard time in my skating career, where I was really between all these different influences like I was really good friends with Joey and Joey was always like skating's important this is like skating's awesome and he was really positive about skating but I was also friends with this guy Randy who I worked with and Randy was a lot more like oh skating is like childish and you shouldn't be skating in your early 20s and he was someone who we skated with earlier on and but then I think he like gave it up and he got more into, I don't know, working and partying. And, and so there was that influence in my life. And, and I worked with him a lot. And we would party and stuff. And man, such a weird time to look back on. <laughs> the early, early 20s are a very, because you've just graduated school. You're going through a lot of changes where, you know, you're not in high school anymore. You're trying to figure out Uh, your your place in the world and trying to figure out what you should be doing. And, you know, like, there's a lot of pressure to succeed or to do something that you're proud to say that you're doing it. Like, everyone is talking about like, Oh, yeah, I'm going to school, I'm going to college, or I got this really good job, and I'm making lots of money. And it seems like when you're at that stage, everyone's trying to one up each other or trying to validate themselves. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going places and, and I'm working hard. I, I fell into that pressure for sure. I, uh, I wasn't going to college, but I, at one time, like I was just, I was working, like I was working two jobs. It was crazy. It was silly. Like I had a good job being a waiter at night and I made pretty decent money at least during the summer like in tips but I had all this free time during the day and I remember getting a second job at Quiznos so I could work like during the day like so I wasn't wasting any time like I would work at Quiznos during the day start at like eight or whatever work till four get off go home have dinner and then go to work again at Stoney's as a server. From like six till eleven or whatever, like it was crazy, and I would do that. I was doing that like six days a week working two jobs, and it was just crazy. I was working my ass off and <laughs> like I guess I was I was I was just trying to like save up as much money as I could like I was obsessed with just like putting money away uh, I didn't really spend a lot of money. It's really weird um. But the, that was almost my way of feeling like I was like getting ahead or going somewhere. Um, and in retrospect, like it was a good thing that I did that because I was able to buy a, a, a condo, which I lived in for a couple of years, um, and then I was able to sell it and make some more money. And like the money that I banked, it, I was able to later on go to school Uh, enroll myself in school and not have to take out any student loans and not have to work while I was going to school I was able to feed myself just off of savings so it was good that I did that but like it was almost it was really unhealthy how obsessive I was about working and about saving money and my relationship with skating was weird at that time too like I would still skate but once in a while and when I did skate, it was, it was weird. I was, uh, yeah, I felt a sense of guilt or like so weird to look back on. But luckily I I grew out of that kind of that stage of my life where I was kind of a workaholic. I grew out of that and I got really into skating again when the, the, we got a skate park built in Kamloops and Um, I chose to just work at a video store, a super laid back job. I didn't need much money at that time, so I would just work at night and I was skating like every day and I got really into skating again and, uh, I stopped kind of feeling guilty about it. I guess this was like mid twenties. I, uh, I was like, fuck it. This, I like to do this. I love to do this and it's, and it's really healthy for me. I just got really into doing that and just working a little bit. And and that was a pretty awesome time, just skating a whole bunch, uh, doing that. And uh, I grew out of that weird phase in my 20s. Um, And I'm really happy that I did because, I don't know, I'm just very grateful that I continued to to rollerblade and it's become such an awesome thing in my life now i'm really happy that i have it and i'm happy that there's someone to skate with i joey is someone that has skated this whole time and uh, we can really relate to each other in where skating is at for us now and filming is still an important part of course um Crazy to think that we've been skating and filming for like twenty years, and it's it continues to evolve and it keeps changing and the technology that we're using has changed and now we're we're filming in big wheels and they just this our skates just feel incredible and luckily, my body feels pretty fucking good i'm thirty one um I guess for for a lot of athletes, that's like prime. But I think f- for non-professional athletes, that becomes a really hard time to maintain yourself physically because you get so busy. I work. I have a kid. I have a wife. I have a house. Um, but it's a. It's very important to me to even if I can't skate, it's important to me to to stay fit, and I'd like to get more fit, but I'm pleased with with where I'm at because I can go out and skate and it feels really good. You need a healthy body to enjoy skating. You can't just sit on your ass all day for months and eat shit and then expect skating to be fun. It doesn't work like that. You have to earn it. You have to earn the experience of skating in a, in a healthy body. It's even more important than having good skates. Having good skates is important, but having a good body is primary. It uh, doesn't matter how good your skates are. If you're fat and out of shape, you're not going to have fun skating. Um, so I want to push that more as I as I age. I want to work out harder and have an even stronger body so I can really push my skating in different directions. Because a lot of what I visualize for my skating requires a, a lot of strength. And a lot of flexibility and a lot of balance i need to be a ninja that's what i want to do um, man this documentary slow mo just i'm so happy that that came out and i'm so happy that rollbladers are seeing that i think that is the best skate video out there that it, it, it's the best skate video that's ever been made it's so outside of the bullshit it's so outside of the culture and so free in so many it's that that man is so free and he is enjoying skating in a way that I think a lot of us aggressive skaters or people that grew up in that background he's free you know in ways that we are not um he gives zero fucks he he's not concerned about doing tricks or making skating look tight or any of that shit. He's just 100% focused or 100% enjoying the movement of rolling. And his whole approach to it where he he, he almost moves his body as little as possible, um, it's, it's an approach that is completely antithesis to what we try to do as aggressive skaters you know we push ourselves or we usually push ourselves really hard but he's just getting into that zone as easily as he can and he can stay he can stay in that in that flow for a much longer period of time because he's not like pushing his, his body to the max like when I go skate a couple hours or two or three hours of it and I'm just spent I'm like exhausted I've pushed my body to the to the max like if I've had a good session if I've done what I want to do I'm done you know I'm I'm pooped but with an approach like his like he could go out for hours and hours and hours I don't know I'm I'm not 69 years old I don't know what that feeling is but you know if you were to go out and just move your body really slow and gently um, and really enjoy that then you, you could just do that for hours and hours and stay in that without the fatigue of soul grinds and misty flips. Um, and I think for us, we've almost conditioned ourselves to not be able to just enjoy that simple movement. I mean, we can, but... We, we almost need to do moves and tricks that like give us that that rush and that feeling of accomplishing something that we've like conditioned ourselves to to need it's like we've got gotten addicted to tricks and accomplishments on our skates we've become addicted to trying to be tight and like it's it's it feels so good to to do hard things but there's value in that approach of not needing to do good things just simply enjoying the movement of your skates and really zoning in on that like it's very i mean it, yeah what he's what slow mo is doing is very meditative what we do is meditative too but it's like um it's like for us to get into that zone we have to try really really hard whereas he can just it seems like it would just flow he would flow into it and get there so much easier it's it's like <laughs> it's like he's found the flotation t- tank version of rollerblading and we've Built all these layers of expectation on top of it, you know. I hope that when we are older, if if we're un, if we're not capable of killing it, then we can still take joy and and take benefit from things like what slow mo is doing hope we haven't fucked ourselves because I think a lot of people did did fuck themselves you know when they were really good at skating when they were young you know they they grew older and then they weren't able to do the things that they used to do and then they feel inadequate and and then it's impossible for them to to get into the mindset of slow-mo because all they think about is that Skating isn't as fun as it used to. They can't do what they used to, and they compare their experience to the past, and they can't look past that, and then they they just quit, and that's happened to a lot of people. Um, but I hope that with time and and wisdom, we can allow ourselves to take joy in that very basic of of just movements. Um, getting injured is really, that's, that's an opportunity to get back into that mindset of just taking joy in the very simple act of rolling And you know, you can dwell on that limitation and you can dwell on not being able to do certain things, or you can, you can relish in that limitation and say, okay, all I can do is roll. That's all I can do. I can't jump off of things. I can't spin, I can't grind. I, all I can do is roll. So I'm gonna give myself permission to just enjoy rolling. And not even consider doing tricks or not even thinking that I need to do tricks or you know fuck around or anything like that, just roll. And if you can do that, then then you're giving yourself that gift. You're giving yourself the the gift of that experience. Because you really have to allow yourself that gift. Like, it's a shame that the best roll biters in the world might not be capable of that. The most skilled at just rolling might not be able to just roll and get a a sense of satisfaction and enjoy out of it so hopefully you can and hopefully i can Brian Shima Brian Shima Brian fucking Shima Jesus Christ. Um, I watched Brian Shima's uh, new SSM six 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 edit. I spent the six bucks for the six minutes, and I'm excited for the six or five more that are coming out. But wow, Uh, you gotta you gotta hand it to Shima at the age of 32 to be uh, just doing gnarly ass stunts, fucking gnarly ass stunts, jumping off roofs, doing the biggest gaps, the biggest rails anybody's doing. Um, It was, it was a statement. Uh, It was, uh, you know, it was a call to arms. It was a, it was a very powerful statement, I guess, of him saying, you can still do this when you're 32. Uh, and that's import- That's crazy for people cause it's crazy for people like me because when I was 15, 16 it, at that time it was old to be 20 in role playing. 20 was old so it's crazy to see someone at 32 pushing it that hard that's just something that you would, you would never have that didn't exist when I was a youngster When I was a teen, it didn't exist. So for me to think about what that means to teenagers, to see someone that's twice their age doing it, it it would be really inspiring to think like, wow, I can do this for another 15 or so years or whatever. It's unfortunate that Shima shattered his heels. Very unfortunate. And my heart goes out to Brian, and, and I hope that he's dealing with it well. That's a pretty fucking serious injury that he took and it's gonna take a long time for that to heal. I'm not a doctor, I'm not sure what the implications are of shattered heels but I imagine that that's gonna be a long recovering process and it's gonna be very painful for a long time to skate if if he even can. So. That's brutal, man. That's really brutal. But. I think it, it'll be a good thing for Brian. I hope it can it can be a good thing for Brian. If he. Takes some time and. Goes through that transformation of of getting injured. Cause that's a powerful psychedelic experience that can really transform you it changes your day-to-day life and it changes your perception of 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 your future it changes your future change it's going to change brian shima's future he's going to be he's going to be uh, i just picture him in a bed somewhere or like on a couch uh just resting just disabled and that could be really depressing it could be pretty tough to accept and tough to deal with but um he's been there before he's gone through injuries and and he is a wizard so i'm sure he'll deal with it Um, and i really hope that we haven't seen the last of him i don't want that to be the last thing we see of Shima. I think that would be very sad if the last thing we saw of Shima was him trying to jump off of a roof and shattering his heels. That's not the way I want it to end for him. So I hope that's not his end as a, as a skater. I hope that he can find a form of skating that maybe is a little bit less harmful to his body. See, I was telling... I told Joey that... I found his section to be really... Inspiring and powerful. But I would have been probably more excited... If... If he... If most of his section was on small scale things. Like, he could have done... Like, one or two of those crazy tricks. And that would would have been, like, enough for me. And, and I think those one or two hammers would have stuck out a lot more and had more impact if they were mixed in with, like, smaller, stylish, more creative tricks. Like, and Shima's capable of that. That's that's the thing. Shima is one of these people who can really excel at micro skating. He can do things on very small objects that are just amazing. Um... So it's interesting to me that he chose to like go balls to the walls. Like I can see what he was trying to do, but I just don't think it's that intelligent to do that. I don't think it's very intelligent to think that you have to go really really big for for a section. Like um, I I believe that at some point in a skater's lifetime they do have to well they don't have to do that but it really helps the development of a skater to at some point like when they're young in their teenager years or their early 20s to to do big dangerous stunts and to go to experience bad falls and to experience that crazy adrenaline and fear that you experience um, I think it can help you grow as a person and as a skater, but it, it can't go on forever. Like, or like it can, you can keep doing that and you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's your life. But I think at some point it has to get reeled in. Um, cause you don't want to, you don't want to fuck yourself up or maybe you do fuck you can fuck yourself up but I guess my point is that people look up to Shima and I think it's important for people to realize that they don't have to continue to kill themselves they don't have to ever kill themselves you can you can skate really hard and skate smaller objects that you're not going to shatter your heels on and get a lot of joy from that and and develop a lot as a person and as a skater and like you don't have to you don't have to do you don't have to put your body at that much risk I don't think for it to be validated or whatever and you know the thing you have to remember is that Shima killed himself for this section and it'll It'll get a tenth of the views as slow mo, okay? And will the Shima edit get more people into skating than the slow mo documentary? I don't think so. I think the slow mo documentary will be more powerful for for uh, getting people to want to rollerblade. Um, so there you go. That's that's just the fact of the matter. Not that not that we don't want people to approach skating the way Shima and his tribe does. I I enjoy watching those stunts, but it's a fringe it's totally a fringe thing. Obviously, it's a fringe thing. There's going to be a very small percentage of people in the world that are interested <laughs> in jumping off of roofs and doing that shit. But if that's that's if that's what you want to do, I give you my blessing. I, I I've really enjoyed doing stunts, going big. But there's more to life and there's more to skating. And uh fuck I don't even I don't have a point. I don't I feel torn because I don't want Shima to listen to this and I don't want to rub salt in his wound, you know I don't want to say that it wasn't worth it um, you know it's his it's his deal and i like i said i respect I respect that he put himself at risk like that and and I respect the passion and intense intense dedication that he that he showed with that. I just really hope that we didn't lose Shima to a roof gap. I just really hope not. Cause Shima, the thing is, he could, he could just skate small shit. He could, he could go the Colin Kelso route and be sick as fuck. He 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 didn't have to approach his section like that. He, seriously, watching Sh like Shima could have. You know, done like a park at it or like you know anything or just like smaller objects and it would have been I would have enjoyed it just as much if not more um, so it's just some things to think about. I don't really have a solid opinion here, as you can tell. I'm just trying to work it out and and trying to give you some thoughts that might be interesting. Aubrey's awake. Say hi. Say hi. Say hi. It's very difficult for her to be in front of the computer and not hit the buttons. She really wants to hit the buttons. And she also really wants to grab the microphone because she likes shiny things. And she's Uh, very... Oh, do you want to say something? uh, Ah, I know. So, I have to apologize for the Dustin Wurbeski podcast. I felt pretty shitty about it. Um, I didn't prepare as much as I should have, or if any. Um, It was kind of a last-minute thing that he was coming over, and a (laughs) last-minute thing that we're going to do the podcast... Um, so I really winged it and I got a little bit too high. And my brain it was just a bad brain moment for me. My brain went I couldn't think. There was there was I couldn't think of what to say or what to ask him. I mean the whole thing wasn't a complete failure but yeah, Aubrey heard it and she really didn't like it. Um I just I feel bad because Dustin Dustin is so important and, I, and, and he's such a great mind. I really enjoy talking to him and I've had great conversations with him. So I'm disappointed that the one that we got to record uh, wasn't as good as it could have been or should have been. I think Dustin deserves better and you and the people deserve more when hearing from Dustin. Um so hopefully I'll get another chance to do it r- right, to do it proper. But uh it is what it is. And I'll try not to beat myself up too hard, because uh I'm a human being. Born to make mistakes No 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 i am only human flesh and blood Oh, man. I'm back. It is the next day. Um, yesterday I got caught up doing this and that. And I realized that I left out an important part of the inline skating beginning story. Um, an interesting thing when I first started skating was that I had never seen a video. I actually started skating imitating Joey and Colin, uh, doing grinds and stuff, and I had never seen a video. And one day Colin, a guy that we skated with, asked me to come over to his house and watch this video. And I was like, oh, what kind of video? He's like, oh, it's a roll biting video. And I didn't even realize that such a thing existed or was possible, and I was kind of confused. I was like, what do you mean, a roll biting video? He's like, yeah, it's like people doing skating and and tricks and stuff. Um it was weird like even though we filmed and did these things, it didn't even occur to me that other people did the same thing and and we could watch what they had filmed. And so we went over to his place and we watched The Bottom Line and uh it was pretty incredible we we had rented it from Played again sports for about three bucks and um that really was the nail in the coffin that was like wow this this is really <laughs> a really cool uh activity this is a really there's a lot to this and, and and there's a lot of different moves that i can learn and it just blew my mind and to see it to music and to see all the different people doing it and the whole the whole culture behind it was obviously really, really inspiring. But it's crazy to think that I was doing all those grinds and stuff without ever watching a video because really what we're doing when we're out skating to a large extent is just imitating what we see in videos. Um, so it's interesting to think about If I had never seen a video, what if I, what if I had, what if that day I had told Colin, no, I'm never going to watch a skate video. And I had continued to skate and continued to do what what I was doing, just minus ever watching a video. How would that change my perception of the activity? That would have been interesting. But I'll close, uh with a little story that I think I told on a previous podcast, but I'll tell it again. I had this dream uh, that I was working at a hot dog stand. And at this hot dog stand, the buns were really, really big. And the wiener, but the the wiener was like really small. So it was a really tiny, it was like a cocktail weenie in this, in these massive buns. And in my dream, I was like, what what the hell are we doing like this is this is awful these are terrible hot dogs like we the, the wiener needs to be bigger or the bun needs to be smaller like this is totally out of proportion this isn't working and the people i was working with were like no this is like the most popular hot dog in stand or this is the most hot dog popular hot dog stand around like this is these are great what are you talking about and uh so i woke up the next morning and i looked at instagram and and Joey had woken up and drawn a picture of a uh, hot dog, like a hot dog blade. And it was like, going hot, going hot dog in today. So, so we, you know, that's kind of weird. But thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Todd. Uh, this is how, the How to Be Unpopular podcast. Check out mushroomblading.com. We just made some shirts. Check out our store, uh, mushroomblading.bigcartel.com. And uh, may the force be with you, and may the blade gods smile upon your existence and bless you with superhuman strength and creativity and joy. Love you guys. Bye.